Welcome to the Crying My Cheesecake podcast, where we are in pursuit of living life abundantly, not held back by our body size or symptoms, nor are we held back by our hurts, habits, or other obstacles in life. Learn the secrets to crush it in your health, wellness, relationships, and spiritual life. I am Danielle, your host and practitioner, and in this episode, we are diving into four limiting beliefs keeping you from seeing the health that you actually desire. You guys, today's episode is awesome. It's one of those episodes that have just kind of, it came to me after reflecting. I was going through chart notes with my one-to-one clients and going over some things in my membership and my notifications and checking food logs and checking the home feed there and thinking about some things that these people, these people, my new, this family that has come to me and thinking about four common limiting beliefs that kept them from seeing the health they desire. And these things, this this episode just kind of came up and I'm literally looking at my phone's notes because that's where it just soared from. And I'm so excited about this only because I know what it's like to experience all four of these. And I know what it's like even, you know, we think that people that are practitioners or doctors themselves or they're in the health and wellness field that these people already have it all figured out and put together like they they're perfect they've got it all figured out they don't need any help clearly they're fine and that's not the case in fact i tell uh, on social media i tell people i'm like look if you're thinking about hiring a practitioner or a health coach or something. And actually, I think there's an episode I have on this that gives you tips on how to hire somebody. Um, I think you should interview them. I think you should have a discovery call with them and interview them and ask them questions about their own health and how that they treat themselves. So when I say that, I'm saying that because we don't have it all together. It may look like it, but you're not seeing the behind the scenes. You're not seeing the hard struggles. You're not seeing these four limiting beliefs being fought nearly day in and day out with most of us that are maybe just a few steps ahead of you. And that's where I put myself. I'm just a few steps ahead of you. I know a lot of things and I'm working on myself. Like that's something too. I don't ever want you to forget that health is not a destination. It's a journey. It's a path. It's a thing that we're walking on until we meet Jesus face to face. So all of these companies or people that are saying, oh, you have to have an end date to your goals or things like that, which I'm going to go on a tangent for just a second. I was going to make a full podcast episode about this and I still might, but I want to talk about this idea of having a set goal. So I want to lose, like, so people will come to me and say, hey, I want to work with you because I want to lose a hundred pounds this next year. Okay, that's cool. You want to lose 100 pounds in a year. There are, oh goodness, I was just going to say how many weeks are in a year? Is it 52? 52 weeks in a year. If you lose two pounds every single week for 52 weeks, that would get you a little over your 100 pounds, right? But the problem is that you have to be on it for that to happen. And I think that when we put a limitation of a time to our goals, we miss out on the deeper things going on. We miss out on the wins that get you to the goal you want of choosing organic over non-organic or choosing to go home instead of running through that drive-through. Or we, we miss out, we miss the actual issue. We miss the actual win. 
That's what it is. When we put a timeline on our goal, yes, it's supposed to make it more, um, what would you call it? More, uh, like scarce, like, okay, I have this goal. I have to stay focused for this amount of time. That's cool. But I don't think that that's meant for long-term. I think when we put that, it's, it's limiting us. I think that we find our play ourselves in a place where we are not able to, if for some reason something comes up and we don't hit that goal within that amount of time, we give up on the goal because it's all or nothing. Or it's that mindset where we, oh, I'm just not good enough or whatever. So all that to say, maybe I will just like flesh that out in a full podcast episode um, coming down in the next month or so. But that's something on my heart too. I just, I want you to not limit yourself. So much in health and wellness seems to be about limitations and putting uh, putting a us versus them or this is what good people do or healthy people do versus this is what non-healthy people do. And I think that there's not a gray area, but I think that there's this place where there's harmony in between. And yeah, like I said, I'll probably flesh that out later because this episode's all about limiting beliefs. And this is a term that may be new to you. A limiting belief is something that is either subconscious, it's something you've learned, and I would say it probably is mostly subconscious, uh, that you've learned over the years that you're not able to do blah, fill in the blank. For some reason, you are not able to be successful in whatever you define success to be. For whatever reason, you don't believe that you have access to these things that everyone else does. Okay. So limiting beliefs are things, like I said, are subconscious. They could be the way we live things out. You can see them in the way we live things out, the way we make decisions and so forth. So I'm going to dive into it and I'm going to give you this preface right now. Number one, you're not alone. I guarantee if you were to ask someone in real life that you love dearly, if they could be vulnerable and honest and that they had access to that in themselves, they would say that these are probably some of their limiting beliefs as well. And looking through my one-to-one clients, looking through my members, these are some things that they have brought up in themselves, Uh, whether it's directly or whether it's in a post that they shared, it's an underlying thing that's sitting there. So I'm going to go ahead and get into number one. The first limiting belief that we have, that we tend to have, that keeps us from our health that we desire, the health that we desire is that we're too busy. It is a limiting belief to think that you are too busy. You may be busy and your calendar may be busy, but my question is, is who's in control of that calendar? Who's in control of that calendar? Yes, your work may demand you for 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day or a busy season. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who puts kids' things on your calendar. Who says yes to every child's after-school activity? Who says yes to all of the girls' nights or meeting with people? Who is saying yes to all these volunteer opportunities? Who is saying, yeah, I can do that. It's fine. And there's no blank space on your calendar. I think we forget that busy can be a season and that's okay. Busy should not be forever, especially if we are too busy to prepare or to actually, let's just go back. Let's start here to plan 
to purchase, to prepare our foods that nourish us. When we say we're too busy, that gives the excuse of, I can just run through the drive-thru. It's okay. It's just this one time. Except when this one time happens three or four times a week, and then you're feeding your kids those things, your grandkids those things, or you're just feeding yourself these things. And then you wonder why you feel like crap. When we don't feel good about ourselves, we're going to feed ourselves crappy food. When we feed ourselves crappy food, we're not going to feel well. We're not going to be motivated. We're not going to feel good about ourselves. And so then we lose ourselves in our calendar again, thinking that we have no control. So my question for you, a limiting belief to attack this I'm too busy. Are you actually too busy? Or have you not stopped to take back control over your calendar? Because that is one thing you do get to control is what you fill your day with. And we know scripturally, we should be filling our days with what is noble, what is honorable, what is peaceful, what is joyful, kind. We know this. And we know that work is not going to be peaceful and joyful all the time. I get that. Totally get that. But we got to make ends meet, right? We got to do our job. We got to get some money and keep a roof over our head. But if we are neglecting our health, If we are not walking, if we feel bad about ourselves, if there is no time on that calendar for us to take care of us, how on earth are we going to get the opportunity to live life abundantly here on this earth? Living life abundantly on this earth is not an overbooked calendar. Something I learned a couple years ago is that no is a complete sentence. And I don't know about you, but I was, I grew up having to defend myself on everything I said. Defending myself when I said no, that was never good enough. That was never a proper response. But in the healthy world, no is an okay response. It is a complete response. It's a complete sentence. No. Would you, would you be available on this Wednesday to volunteer for the kids ministry at Awana? No. Why? One, because I have my wilderness of wellness things, but also I like to use that time when my kids are at Awana and middle school ministries is to date my husband. Go have sushi. So during the school year, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that on Wednesdays, I grab my tamari gluten-free soy sauce and I meet my husband at the our favorite half-price sushi place. I don't know how it's half-price because it's delicious. So I meet, meet him there. I do that and I come home and I am with my Wilderness of Wellness family or I am um, working on something else. And I think that that's, volunteering is a great thing. But when we volunteer at the expense of taking care of ourselves and our relationships, that's a problem. That's a problem. So a limiting belief, one limiting belief that we have is that we are too busy for taking care of ourselves. The next limiting belief we have is that um, you don't have the money. You don't have the money to take care of yourself. Now, this is a, I want you to like take a step back and say, but I really don't have money. Well, I know. We are currently in a recession. I lived through the Obama years recession as a college student, newly married, 
living on a fixed income of active duty enlisted military, which was below poverty level, let alone the recession. I know what it's like to have to choose between going to Bible study, the gas for that, and meeting the women at Panera or wherever they met, and getting some groceries that week. I know what it's like to have negative numbers in my checking account and, and pray that no, no bills are continuing to tr- come out and that the, um, the first or the 15th, if you're an enlisted military person, you know that we got paid on the first and the 15th. And I had to wait till then. It's hard. Only putting partial payments on the bills, on the utilities, hoping that they don't shut the electricity off, hoping they don't take my gas. And that's a very real reality. What I know now that I was doing somewhat imperfectly back then. But what I know now is that Whole Foods, meaning not the store, because that's whole paycheck, but eating Whole Foods from the store Aldi, or even it was so bad, sometimes we had to go to Save-A-Lot. And if you're not from uh, the Midwest, I don't know if you know what Save-A-Lot is. It's like low. (laughs) Um, It's kind of the lowest of the low uh, grocery stores, but it got the job done. But what I wish I had known then that I do know now is that Whole Foods cost less. Foods that are in season cost less. They're nourishing. They give energy. And if eaten properly, they do, quote unquote, stick to the ribs. But when we have this scarcity mindset with money, we start shopping for these stick to the ribs foods like rice in a box, like rice and roni. We start shopping for things um, like macaroni and cheese. We shop for chips. Why are chips in our cart? And why do we, when we are broke, we have chips in the cart. When we are broke, we have beer in the cart. Or for me, it was Jack Daniels in the cart. I somehow was broke, but I could afford $46 in a half gallon of Jack Daniels. That $46, I could afford that every week, by the way, and probably every weekend, maybe even twice that sometimes. I could afford that. How could I afford that, but I couldn't afford a gym membership? Well, because my priorities were not there. It's not that I didn't have the money. I mean, I didn't. But I chose to spend my money in places that offered comfort And to keep me in the place that I was, I got some form of relief, I guess, from the alcohol. I got some form of enjoyment from alcohol and food. And that offered me this idea that I didn't have to worry about, you know, them shutting my electricity off or what have you. It's not that I didn't have the money. It's that I didn't know how to spend my money properly because my priorities were not in line. And why were my priorities not in line? Because this is the third thing, is I didn't believe I was worth the investment. I did not believe I was worth worth the investment of time or money. Because I'm gonna, this will be the fourth thing, is because I just thought. And quite frankly, I was so narrow-minded. And isn't that interesting that wisdom, as we get older, our eyes just kind of open and we're not so narrow and one-track-minded and um, so self-seeking. But I was so selfish 
that I thought I deserved that instant gratification of the food, the pizza rolls, the um, bagel bites, the, I'm trying to think, the double quarter pounders with cheese, the French fries, the random drive throughs to Rally's because I was craving a big Buford. And I mean, Rally's fries are really good. I haven't had Rally's fries in forever, but I'm just saying. These things, I didn't think I was worth that investment. I'm going to say that again. I didn't think I was worth the amount of time or money it was going to take to achieve a wellness status. And I look back on the Danielle back then. And I think about her often. Because when I left Indianapolis and moved here to Ohio, to Southwest Ohio, the people that I met when I moved here did not know the old Danielle. They only know me now. They don't know what I've had to go through, how much time, energy, finances I had to invest in myself to be who I am today. Successful people do what the unsuccessful people won't. And it's the basics. It's showing up for ourselves, whether we feel like it or not. Whether I feel like I'm worth the investment or not. Whether I feel like heading out to my gym to go do mobility because that's what my PT is telling me to do and my um, holistic injectionist is telling me to do for my healing recovery. If I don't feel like doing it, I still have to do it. Why? Because I desire a life on the other side of healing. I desire to live a life abundantly, not held back by my body's size or symptoms. And that's hard. It's hard to do that when 90% of the country and the world is not doing that. 90% of the world is, let's just go work for the man all day and then let's come home, pig out, eat, drink, be merry, go to bed and wake up and do it the next day. And that's not okay. That's not the life I want to live. That's not the legacy I want to live, leave behind to my children, to my grandchildren, to my neighborhood, to my country, my community. That's not who I want to leave, what I want to leave behind. So I had to come to this place where I understood that I had value. I have value, not just to the people underneath my roof, I have value because I have breath in my ever-living lungs. And you know what's interesting is every time I go for a hike, I go backpacking, I go kayaking, I go fly fishing, I'm working my body. I'm in tune with nature. I'm in tune with the innate design of my body. And every time I do a burpee or I'm breathing heavy or whatever, I think about that breath The fact that I get the opportunity of that breath in my lungs because it's a gift and it's only here for a short time. And that's the same with you, my friend. You listening here, I want you to think about how much of a gift your life, that breath in your lungs is. You are not too old. You are not too young. You're not too far gone. You're not too far sick ill, sick and ill, sick or ill, or in the depths of disease that you can't make a change. Most diseases out there are preventable or reversible or able to be put in remission. 
just last night I was on the call with my one-to-one client and she has ulcerative colitis and she's been in remission. Um, and it's beautiful to see that relief on her face. She's been in remission since working with me. Her colon is healthy. Everything is going well for her. She's healing. But you know what's interesting? Is it's not just about the food. It's about the lifestyle, the mindset, the mental health. It's her tenacity to show up and do the things that are necessary. I didn't say easy. I said the things that are necessary. And it may require you leaving a job and finding something else. It may require, because of all the stress, it may require you to get people out of your life because they are not in the same path as you anymore. They're holding you back or enabling you in behaviors that you don't like anymore. When we believe that we have value and we bring value to this earth, things change. The way we look at how we do things changes. And I encourage you to really explore if this is your limiting belief that you don't think you have value, I encourage you to think about that. Think about why. When did you learn that? Who taught you that? And step out. Take action. And then the fourth limiting belief I'm going to step into today is believing that your family's genetics are the end-all be-all. You know, what's interesting is I have a very, very long line of heart disease and diabetes in my family. I had an uncle that's two years older than my dad who died a couple years ago from a heart transplant from heart disease, heart failure. And that woke me up because my dad's two years younger than him. My dad's first heart attack was at age 42. My birthday, my 39th birthday is next week at the time of this recording. My birthday, um, my 39th birthday. And I knew I did not want to turn 42 and have a heart attack. And you know what's fun? I'm not on cholesterol medicine because my cholesterol is managed, which means my inflammation is managed in my body. My triglycerides are low because I move my body and I strength train. My blood sugar and A1C are ideal. They're, I- they're ideal. It doesn't matter what I'm eating. Well, it does matter. But it, I'm doing well. I'm not on track of having that. My brother, on the other hand, He's just the opposite. At 22, he was diagnosed diabetic and he's three years younger than me. He's been on cholesterol medicine for a while and he looks sick. He's also a cop and so is my dad. And I think, again, we forget that lifestyle gets passed down from generation to generation. Coping mechanisms, the way we go through life, our worldview, our limiting beliefs get passed down from generation to generation. And it's our, when it's, when we are here, we have become, you know, like in Christianity, we call it the age of accountability where you are able to, oh yeah, I know Jesus came and died for me and he rose again on the third day. Like that age of accountability. If you are listening to this podcast episode and you are still here 20 some minutes into it and you believe that your family genetics are stronger I ask you to stop and pause and ask God who's actually stronger the genetics 
or the way God designed the body originally. And I question if you will take action today. Listening to this episode, will you take action? Do you even know what your next step is? And if you are like many of my members or my one-to-one clients or my followers on Instagram, many of you don't know the next best steps. So here's what I'm going to offer you to do. I want you to send me an email. Hello at cryinginmycheesecake.com. Send me an email. And I want you to reflect to me what you got from this episode. And tell me if you are ready to take action, even if you don't know what's next, or even if you're scared about taking action, whatever it may be. Because taking action means we step into the unknown, right? And that can be scary. And I'm super relational here. If you've sent me an email, you know I've already <laughs> responded back to you within however many days, but I'm, I'm getting back to you because I want to hear from you. You are why I'm doing what I'm doing. You are why I'm spending time up here on a Friday morning recording this because I care so deeply about you, friend. I care that if one word, one episode, one thing I do, one thing I put out in the world keeps you and the next generations from having heart disease or diabetes or some other disease, that's what, I, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm here for. That would be the best gift on earth to me. Because, you know, I know what it's like to sit all day long in a heart hospital and wonder if my dad's going to wake up when he comes off a bypass. Knowing that he was going to go in for a triple bypass, but he came out with a quintuple bypass and seeing him come out on a ventilator my strong leader prominent father of a figure coming out like that it changes a woman I don't ever want to have that happen to my children I don't want them to have to be in my steps it is time to take the next step so do me a favor and just email me That's all you have to do. Just send me an email. Tell me that you listened to this episode. Tell me what hit home to you. Talk to me. Because I'm going to listen. I'm going to see you and I'm going to learn to know you. Thanks for listening to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast. I hope it encouraged you to make a next best step for your health. Take a look at the show notes for more information or other links I mentioned in the episode. And if you got to this point in the episode, come and find me on Instagram and send me a DM. Tell me you listened to this episode and what you got out of it. I'll see you next time.